Hi everyone, welcome to the Hero Podcast. My name is Mauricio Porras and I am the founder of Hero. Hero is an activism company creating the tools and technology people need to accelerate social and environmental change. Make sure to join the waiting list to gain early access to our products and platforms at heroactivism.com. In this episode, our guest is climate activist and photojournalist Talia Wooden from the UK. We talked about the importance of building community and having a support system as an activist, about some of the biggest challenges she has faced while doing her work. We also talked about the power of photography in activism in the era of social media and the importance of compensation to make the work sustainable over time. So give it a listen and I hope you enjoy it. Talia Wooden, uh, thank Hi. you so much for joining the Hero Podcast. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. It's good to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, I'm a big fan of all the work you're doing, not only as an activist, but also as a photographer. So, Talia, for those who don't know who you are, who is Talia Wooden? Um, so, I am a youth activist um, and photojournalist based in the UK. Um, I'm university dropout. Um, <laughs> so, I'm kind of like, a little later to the kind of school strike movement, but still on education strike, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I've been working full time as an activist, mainly around climate and environmental activism. Um, and also as a photojournalist for about two or three years now. Um, I did a lot of work with Extinction Rebellion here in the UK. Um, mm -hmm. back in kind of 2018-2019 when it first started going and was involved in kind of helping to get XR youth off the ground internationally um, but then kind of the past year I've mostly been doing like freelance work mostly around environmental justice um, here in the UK. That's awesome and well um, what have you learned from all this involvement through the different organizations you have been part of like that maybe other activists that are just starting, you know, maybe some advice on how to start or what to expect once you go from this ideal of a better world to actually taking action and getting involved? I mean, I've learned so, so much over the past three years um, being involved with these movements. Um, I think for me, something that has been a really, really important lesson um, is how crucial community is when you're doing this work and how important it is to have people around you like physically around you and your kind of direct community but also just within the networks and the groups that you engage with that mm -hmm. like you really build those relations those personal relationships with and get to know and and have that foundation of support and kind of personal solidarity um going into this work because it can be really really overwhelming it can be be really challenging um yeah. and a lot of the yeah. time it feels it's really hard to continually be motivated when you're going up against so much but if you have those communities and you're able to also be doing the work on taking action and learning and unlearning and and creating the kind of world that we want within smaller communities and smaller spaces 
then it can be much more empowering for the work that we do on a larger scale. Totally. And, you know, what have been some maybe of the biggest challenges you have faced as an activist? Um, yeah, so recently I've, the past year I've been involved in a campaign that um, is resisting a very destructive and very expensive um, high-speed railway infrastructure project that's being mm -hmm. built in England. Um, and so I've been involved in a very kind of grassroots, very frontline defense campaign against that. Um, and that's been a, a real kind of new experience for activism, of activism for me, um, because obviously beforehand I was much more involved in um, kind of mobilization and organizing kind of behind the scenes. I was in, much more involved in kind of the global youth movement, um, which was obviously very important activism in itself, but very different mm -hmm. from what I'm doing now. Um, and yeah, it has come with a whole load of new, a whole load of new challenges um, that I really, I mean, I had an idea of, and I had an idea that kind of existed even in the context of like the global North in the context of the United Kingdom. But it's been a real shock for me to see um, the real struggle uh, that we face even here with, with all the privilege that we have in, in being in this country, but the struggle that mm -hmm. we face in trying to defend our environment, trying to defend our communities, the violence that we face from um, law enforcement, from the police, from bailiffs, um, the hostility we often face from a lot of people, um, and just how how challenging it is actually to, to constantly um, having to be kind of using your physical body in order to defend these spaces um, and fight fight for these things. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been really really informative and educational in a lot of ways but it has really shown me how much people sacrifice around the world in order to do this kind of work and yeah has really given me a kind of whole new level of, of respect and understanding for the work that a lot of people do on the front lines of this crisis yeah and what have you seen um you know because you said you started doing some digital campaigning also organizing behind the scenes now you're in the front lines of mm. of the cause so what i mean what has been some of the main you know differences that you have felt between those two kinds of of activism and of obviously you're now more involved and as you said you understand like what other activists may be going through uh, that are also in the front lines of different causes but mm. what have you seen or what has changed from um the way that you do and perceive activism? So obviously within kind of the global climate movement and especially within like the youth part of that, um, a huge part of the work that we do is about international solidarity and solidarity through action and especially solidarity with those on the front lines of this crisis. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that I've learned a lot from being involved in that work over the past few years. But I think a lot of the time, especially for youth activists in the global North, in the UK and in Europe and in North America, I think it often, um, those concepts can become quite abstract in a way. It feels often that the front lines are so kind of distant to us. Mm -hmm. um, and in a lot of ways, I think that kind of creates an obstacle potentially in, in that solidarity work um, and really being able to understand the experience of 
these groups and these these people that we are working with um and obviously like that understanding will will never have that understanding completely but I think the work that I've done over the past year and the things that I've experienced have really really complemented the things that I'd learned and the work that I'd done previously to this um and really given me like a much deeper understanding of what solidarity is and how we can connect our struggle to other people's struggles um and yeah as I said it's come with a lot of challenge but it's also been been very rewarding and actually just kind of through this campaign the connections that we have been able to make with defenders and all sorts of places around the world has has been really really incredible and it's that really empowering in itself of course and talia how how do you deal because obviously things seem like they're upside down right like all of you are you know as activists defending the environment our planet and mm-hmm. it's just like doesn't make sense that because of money and power right uh and influence through the government and other uh private companies uh the environment gets destroyed just to make some more dollars right so mm-hmm. how do as an activist how do you deal with this frustration uh sometimes that you're fighting for something that just seems common sense right that mm. obviously the environment and people are over money but it's the other way around uh in the current capitalistic system so how do you deal as an activist and as a group and a movement with this frustration um so i think for me my upbringing has had like a big impact on this because my parents were very involved with um like politics and with activism in similar areas and that had a big influence on my childhood and so i never really had a lot of youth activists they like talk about the their kind of like waking up moment when they first started to kind of understand about the climate crisis whereas i never really had that moment um because it was kind of an i like something that i was brought up with from a very young age and i had discourses around kind of the destruction being done to people and planet internationally and how different industries and different kind of aspects of human behavior feed into that that was something that i was kind of taught about and exposed to from quite a young age mm-hmm. um which i guess in some ways kind of allowed me to like learn how to deal with it and learn how to get my head around it from a younger age um which has in no way like decreased like the anxiety and like the the fear around it um but I don't know maybe I've had more practice um but yeah I mean I think it is a difficult one and I think fear has a big part in it and I think fear is the thing that it it kind of protects protects us in a way and I think for a lot of people their fear of wanting to really acknowledge the reality of this situation is the thing that like it it stops them from doing that um because it is really overwhelming and it's easier to just kind of continue to ignore it and continue to be blind to it but once Mm -hmm. you you do you do kind of start accepting it um and start really taking it face on it's difficult to continue to ignore it and I think that 
that can be quite freeing in a way actually when you kind yeah. of step away from all of these things that we've been brought up with with all of these systems and all of these um, ideas that we've been told throughout our lives it's just how the world works I think there's something quite liberating in that actually and and with all the destruction and all the struggle that's going on like we have the ability to to just tear everything down and and create it from the ground up and I think there's something quite freeing in that yeah and I think uh it's only when we as you said like when we go ahead and take that action and get involved and you know start taking uh these big steps towards fighting for the planet and social justice that mm. we start realizing I mean, like we know we have power, right? That our voices have power. But I think something special happens when you actually go ahead and use that power, right? Now, Talia, let's change a little bit and let's talk about your photography and also about how you have been using the power of photography to, to document movements, actions, mm -hmm. and from the other side, maybe uh, of the camera, How do things look when you're documenting maybe a protest or uh, some type of activism? And what is your perspective about the power of photography in activism? Mm, I mean, photography and activism are both things that I kind of was introduced to at a really, really young age. And they've both been things that I've been passionate about since about the age of seven or eight. Um, and actually seeing photographs of Um, the environmental movement in the UK back in the 1980s, the 1990s, and seeing photos of um, like those classic photos of like ice caps melting. Um, and it, yeah, those had a really, really significant impact on me and really were the things that kind of led me to what I'm doing now and have kind of enabled me to get to this place where I'm able to practice this thing, the things that I'm really passionate about. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, photography has always been like an antidote and a way of dealing with how overwhelming this work can be because I think, I think just kind of creative practices are such powerful tools in which we can do activism and engage with these issues, but also kind of practice something that's like regenerative and therapeutic and it's expressive and, and all of these things that is so important for our own well-being um, and own sanity really when it comes to these really really scary <laughs> issues um, so yeah photography for me has always been it's a passion and it's like a tool within my activism but it's also kind of like what I turn to when when things feel overwhelming I have something that Um, feel so natural to me and really makes sense to me and enables me to engage with these issues in a really specific and, and, and like achievable way mm -hmm. um, yeah and I just think that you know especially with our generation becoming kind of so um, attached to social media like images and um, film and photography and art is such an integral part of that And it's such an important way in which you can kind of communicate across like language barriers, across like cultural barriers, across all of these things. And you can find common ground and share like messages that will resonate with whole range of people. Yeah, um, it's like a universal language. 
Yeah, yeah, I really think so. Um, and yeah, and it's just been incredible for me. I mean, I've, I've, I've been so lucky in a lot of ways that I have um, this practice that that is kind of really my rock throughout throughout all of the work that I do. Um, mm-hmm. And I have something that I'm truly passionate about and that I can contribute in a in a very kind of clear way. Um, and it's also just enabled me to, yeah, to be involved with a lot of different movements and groups and support and often like my own contribution to a lot of these movements and groups. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> now, as a photographer, like, have you experienced or do you have like, does it come to mind a specific moment that you were able to document through your camera that impacted you or that maybe you remember, um, you know, has something, you know, like create, created this impact? Mm. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, for me, there are kind of a lot of the work that I did initially with XR Youth in London when XR Youth was 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 very small and it was just based in the UK um a lot of that that period of time and the the photography that I did with those groups and those people is is always going to be something that's like really really important to me and like really I don't know enabled me to find my place within that movement and also really offer something to the movement that kind of was uniquely ours and and we were able to find that creative um kind of outlet and and mm-hmm. start sharing that and I'll never forget the moment that um one of my photos was uh shared by the newly created um XR Youth US mm-hmm. account the newly the newly created group um and they finally kind of um created a social media presence and then were sharing my photos and uh they messaged me and were kind of like oh we love what you guys are doing we want to do similar and then it was the first moment that we kind of the work that we were doing and what we created was actually really getting out there and across the world there were young people that were <laughs> wanting to do the same awesome. and the fact that my photos were kind of like some of the first images that they shared on their platform is like kind of their motivation or, or whatever was just like a really really incredible moment of connection um yeah, you, you were able to inspire them to start taking action through your work mm, yeah and then from that I mean because I was uh I kind of coordinated the XY youth media team for a while and just the relationships and those connections that I was then able to make with a lot of young people around the world um yeah it was really really incredible and now Talia well let's let's talk a little bit about um you know the value of the work that you do your time uh obviously there's a lot of your time knowledge uh the equipment a lot of investment involved and I think mm-hmm. that many photographers and artists around the world uh deal with the fact that being an artist and a photographer uh it's kind of complicated Uh, as a means of, you know, to to live from your photography work. And mm. I think that working as a photographer in activism is not the exception, right? So let's talk a little bit about 
some of the challenges that you may have faced um, as a photographer, as an artist, not only uh, in activism, but in general? Mm. Uh, and how do you deal with the fact that your work uh, not all the time is being compensated? And how mm. do you think that yeah. we can start changing this mindset that because you're doing activism, it should be uh, free and just out of a sense of responsibility? And how do you start shifting this mindset so that we start making this movement sustainable for all? Mm. Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't really practiced photography separate to my activism at any point, and especially not on like a professional level. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been really challenging. And I think especially I went straight, I did one year at university and then dropped out and went straight into doing activism full time. And I was only 20, um, 19 turning 20. And so I was very young. I was very new to it, the industry. I was very new to activism in the scheme of things and very new to kind of the, the photography and photojournalism industry. Um, and yeah, unfortunately I was, taken advantage of and exploited for my work a lot mm -hmm. and still kind of routinely am and have had to really work to be able to get to a place where I can stick up for my own work and for my own kind of credibility and my own value um, with the work that I do um, because people unfortunately when it comes to freelance artists and especially when it comes to young people Uh, industries can all too often take advantage of, of what we create and the work that we do. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's been, it's been difficult. And I think especially like having spent um, like a year or so just doing photography and media work voluntarily for Extinction Rebellion and various other groups, it kind of, I don't know, gave me this mindset that that as an activist, you have to work like as a volunteer, like you shouldn't expect mm -hmm. to get paid. Like you have to give your whole self and all of your work and everything you can offer over to the cause, which of course isn't the case at all. And I think actually that leads to a like a lot of activists becoming really burnt out and becoming yeah. really overwhelmed with the work that they're doing because they're just not being supported or compensated in any way. Um, and I was really lucky that at the same time, I early on, I did get some really incredible opportunities because of my photography that enabled me to take that step to go into doing it full time rather than continuing with education. And I was really, mm -hmm. really fortunate to have that. But at the same time, it hasn't been easy. And I've had to really work at, as I said, being able to stick up for myself and being able to actually say um, when people are exploiting my work and and taking advantage of my work and um yeah I think actually a lot of the time people appreciate when you especially when young people say things and bring attention to yeah. those issues um because yeah I think a lot of people especially with the whole youth activist movement are kind of now realizing that actually youth young people are kind of to be taken seriously and and we are um just as professional just as capable as as any kind of um older generations uh yeah it is really challenging and obviously the majority of 
my work is still voluntary and I mean it's going to continue to be like a daily thing that I have yeah. to contact people through social media or like email people or press or whoever and just be like hey I see you've used my photos please can you acknowledge that they're my photos and it's not ideal when obviously um there's a lot of people in the industry that are paid huge amounts for doing basically the same mm -hmm. thing that I'm doing but at the end of the day it's what I can offer and I know that I'm I'm doing it for a greater cause and um when I see the impact that my photos have although that doesn't pay the bills it it is worth the difficulty in not always getting compensated or supported for the work you know yeah and I think that, well, and that's actually what Hero is trying to build, right? A system mm. to get activists, uh, any type of activists paid for the work that they do to make it sustainable over time. But while we're in that process, I think we need to start, you know, normalizing uh, this type of conversations around the fact that activists need to get paid for the work uh, as any other professional uh, does in any other industry, right? As you said, maybe even the same photographers, um, you know, get paid in other industries, but when doing activism, the work is expected to be voluntary and just mm -hmm. done out of altruism, right? So I think we need yeah. to start having these conversations around the fact that uh, your work is valuable. The work of activists mm -hmm. is actually making a big difference. And it's probably one of the most important jobs of our time, right? Being an activist, mm. uh, defending the the planet and all of these social justice issues that are um, that have always been there, but that right now more people are getting involved. So, how, from your perspective, if activists would would start getting paid for their jobs or for the time they're investing mm. in saving? the planet and working for the common good, how would that change positively uh, the work that an activist like yourself does? Oh, um, I think it's a difficult one because obviously like a big part of the work that I do is like anti-capitalist. Um, and so I would never want to kind of encourage uh, a situation in which there was potential for individuals to be doing this work for profit. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there is a lot of work to be done in order to um, make it so that activists, especially youth activists, can be con compensated, can be supported um, without it being about the money, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's a difficult one. Uh, but I also think that the amount of work that we do voluntarily, the amount of work that we do just because we we really feel that we have no other choice, um, the amount that we create, the movement that we have built and the extent to which it has impacted so many aspects of society, um, yeah, it is deserving of more credibility, more funding, more support, like more resources. And especially when there's there's so much of that <laughs> out there. Yeah. Um, and the reality of not doing so just means that you've got a whole generation of young people that are desperately trying to, to fight for their futures and fight for justice and all of these issues. 
and that are just kind of burning themselves into the ground, trying to um, manage their education alongside it, trying to manage like earning a living alongside it. And it's just not sustainable. And actually, I think activism it's funny, it really reminds me of, of the like all the times that you'll see like a protest or something and there'll be people that just kind of walk past and they're just like, get a job. They just <laughs> see kind of like activists yeah. and protesters as kind of just like hippies that are just doing it for themselves that are just out to have fun and everything. Um, when really like it's such a naive, it's such a naive uh, mentality to have because we live in a democracy and well, uh, most place in most cases we live in a democracy and but that means that we have um, the responsibility to engage with that and the responsibility to engage with how the our world like happens like what happens in the world how decisions are made um, and that isn't just that's so much more than than kind of what many people um, understand to be kind of engaging with the system um, and I think activism is is one of the most crucial jobs because where would we be as a society without it? Um, where yeah. would we be without the people that question things, that call things out, that resist things? Um, and I think it's such a kind of social obligation of of all individuals. Um, but unfortunately, like, I mean, as we know, not everyone feels that obligation or not everyone has the ability to kind of follow through on that obligation. So I think the people that that really do, um, obviously, there's there's varying cases. Obviously, a lot of people are able to do that out of um, greater privilege. But mm -hmm. I think for young people, especially young people need to be supported um, in in any way possible in order to continue doing that work. Yeah, and I think like there is a big difference, like, and I think we need to approach this from the specific times we're living in, right? And the mm. short uh, time we have to to take action. And I think that for some time, maybe yeah, um, doing activism uh, could be done out of a, of a sense of responsibility, and that it was something that you do because you feel like a citizen of the world and it's just what you do to hold uh, leaders and politicians accountable. But I think times have changed. And I think with we need to realize as a movement that times did change and that we only have so much little, you know, like this short amount period of time to, to actually take the actions and do the changes that need to be done so that we can actually survive. And mm. I think that, as you said, there's some people that understand their responsibility and take action. And, you know, those are all the activists out there doing the work without expecting anything in return. But mm. I think that when we look at the amount of people that we need to make these drastic changes that the world so mm. desperately needs, uh, we're still missing a lot of people in this movement. And yeah, I think sure. that maybe, uh, yeah, we need to just make peace with the fact that some people, in order to start getting involved, we need to start creating these incentives, right? That go beyond mm. that sense of responsibility. And obviously, uh, when this comes, it's going to, 
help other people that maybe cannot afford going into activism full time or that needed those incentives, you know, to actually take action and leave maybe what they were doing and start doing activism. And I think mm. that when that happens, it's also going to help the activists that were doing it uh, just out of the sense of responsibility as well. I mean, I think it's going to benefit all uh, all the sectors, right, within activism and all roles, whether you're mm. a digital campaigner or you're in the front lines or organizing or are a photographer or an artist, you know, I think that we need to start normalizing the fact that, uh, yeah, I mean, we need to use what the what has worked in the capitalistic system, you know, uh, to motivate people to do things, but use it for the common good. I mean, use it for a mm. greater cause. And I think that if we start, you know, thinking out of the box and start thinking not only of dismantling this system, but also uh, using what it's working, um, you know, or that could work for activism in order to make it sustainable over time and build mm -hmm. this new system and order. I think that we need to use those tools because I think we're in a time where people like yourself need to be there full time. And if we don't do something about it financially as well, obviously you're going to start burning out and obviously uh, it's going to make it more difficult for you to be able to sustain this over time, right? Because obviously yeah. altruism doesn't pay the bills. So mm. I think that this is a, a conversation that we need to keep having around activism and normalizing the fact or making peace with the fact that money can also be next to activism. And I think that mm. if we change that, um, we can start making some big changes and, you know, for the benefit of activism and all activists. Yeah, so, for sure. So. Yeah, Talia, just to, to be closing, um, for you, what does it mean to be a hero? Uh, I think you've asked me this question before, so I feel like I need to get it right. Um, <laughs> Uh, I think to be a hero, it's to, um, to face that fear, you know, that paralyzes so many people, uh, that, that fear of, of the unknown, that fear of change, the fear of, um, the future and all that might be coming to face that and to put aside all uh anxieties and and personal kind of difficulties with that and and um any sacrifices having to be made um and and really kind of just rise to that that obligation that we all have within society in whatever mm -hmm. way we can and i don't think there is um any specific way of doing that i think there are multiple ways in which people can do that but i think that is Uh, very that is what is heroic awesome well and I think that everything that you do and who you are is the true definition of what a hero is so Talia thank you so much for joining the hero podcast for taking yeah, no the time worries. for us to have this conversation and thank hopefully you. it will inspire a lot of activists out there to you know to take action and value the work that they're doing thank you so much yeah, for everything so. that thank you do you.
Thank you for listening to this episode of our Hero Podcast. Remember to subscribe and to follow us on Instagram and Twitter as Hero Activism. See you next time.